We Infuse Podcast, episode number 46. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast. My name is Amanda Brummett. In every episode, we give you a seat at the table as we talk to Infusion Center owners, operators, and experts so that you can get the insight you need to run a thriving practice. In this episode, we talk with Chuck DiTrapano, founder and vice president of pharmacy education with RX Toolkit. We'll get a snapshot into Chuck's fascinating journey into medication safety, learn why he had to be part of the solution, and get insight into how RX Toolkit saves lives. As I shared, I'm super excited to be here today with Chuck DiTrapano from RX Toolkit. Thank you so much for being here, Chuck. Thank you. Welcome. To, I'm glad to be here. So I absolutely wanted to get into how you've made medication administration safer for both patients and caregivers. But before we get into that, can you give our listeners a snapshot of your professional background prior to creating RX Toolkit? Sure. Um, I'm a graduate of the Albany College of Pharmacy in Albany, New York, which is my hometown. Um, Right after graduating pharmacy school, um, I I was during Vietnam. And um, I ended up joining the uh, New Jersey, uh, the New York National Guard as an army medic. Um, I had always wanted, I went to military high school, so I'd always wanted to be an officer in the military. So one day I decided to join the United States Navy. I got a direct commission as a lieutenant and became a pharmacy officer. My initial duty station was in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, And then from there, I went to uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the duties of a hospital pharmacist in the Navy are similar to the duties of a civilian pharmacist as a hospital pharmacist, although we had a much, we had a very large outpatient setting as well as an inpatient setting. Um, got involved in the infusion therapy actually there when this was when infusion therapies by pharmacy were relatively new. Um, many of the IVs were um, not being mixed by pharmacy um, in those days. Um, subsequent to that, um, I left the Navy and held various jobs um, in various career positions um, and ended up becoming an executive of several large pharmacy organizations, primarily devoted to uh, institutional pharmacy, which is nursing home pharmacy. Um, I became a vice president at a, a company called uh, Vitalink, um, which was a national company, and I, I was uh, vice president of operations for them. And then um, they were subsequently acquired and I went to work for Omnicare, which is the largest provider of institutional pharmacies, which is now owned by CVS, um, and became in charge of their, I was a vice president in charge of their assisted living division. Um, by then, I had spent maybe 15 years not practicing as a pharmacy. And quite honestly, I missed the profession. I missed being a pharmacist. I, and so I uh, up and quit my job, moved back to Pennsylvania, where my home was, um, from actually going in the, from the Navy. And um, joined Reading Hospital as a hospital pharmacy supervisor, um, which was in 2001. Immediately became aware of the difficulties pharmacists were have have with keeping up with all the different technology and content. You know, if you walk around the hospital, you'll see people with notepads and index cards and binders. And um, so I decided that the, I went to my boss one day. And I said, you know, how do you know what people are doing? How do you know that pharmacist A is making the same clinical decision as pharmacist B when it's relevant um, to a certain patient condition? And um, I said, I think I can fix that. So the first thing I did is I actually created a paper binder. I gathered content from, we had about 40 pharmacists at the time, and I gathered content from as many as I could, put it into a paper binder. You know, it was about a three or four inch binder. And then said, you know, there's probably a better way to do this than making it a binder. 
Um, and my my partner, who's my partner now, who, John Neville, who's the CIO, was the CIO for for RX Toolkit. I called him up and, and I asked him. I said, you know, I would like to be able to basically consolidate information into a place where people could search it and everybody would be working off the same sheet of music. So him and I got together. We designed the beginnings of RX Toolkit. I presented it to my boss at Reading Hospital, and uh, we launched it maybe eight months later. So that's how it got to where I am today, I guess. <laughs> that is amazing. Don't you feel like every good start story starts with, I up and quit my job? <laughs> yeah, I, I I took a pay cut probably um, two-thirds. <laughs> I mean, Ouch. it was – but, you know, I, I – it was funny because one of my one of my colleagues at, at Omnicare, who was was a clinical pharmacist, um, he used to call me clinically dead because I didn't know anything anymore. You know, I, I hadn't really practiced. And, you know, I can tell you that when I graduated pharmacy school, the drugs that are available today, probably 95 percent of them didn't exist back then. So, you know, any healthcare position is a, is a continuous learning process. You you know, you, you can't. Re- and I assume that that's the same with any condition, with any profession. And so I wanted to be able to survive. And by doing building the binder and then subsequently creating RX Toolkit, I was educating myself at the same time as I was providing a resource. Um, it was, was a survival process for me um, because, you know, you, 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 you sometimes are put into situations where you need to be able to have information, accurate information, um, to be able to do what you need to do for the patient. Absolutely. Well, I understand that you have a really impactful story around patient safety and NICU saves. Can you talk about that mm-hmm. and how it ultimately ended up with you creating RX Toolkit? Well, there was a story going around about a, a young girl, a two-year-old girl um, in Cleveland um, who died as a result of a medication error. And um, I had had a near miss. A near miss is when you a, a, a medication error doesn't reach the patient. It was a very busy day, um, and I was checking IVs, and I had a whole, you know, you have a timeline to get the IVs checked by because everybody has to go out and deliver them, and I had this big stack of IVs, and I was checking them, and I I always used, the, every, my entire career, I used the blue Sharpie um, and put, a, my, my signature was a C with a blue Sharpie, and I kept checking all these IVs. And um, for whatever reason, um, I checked one, put it into the check pile. And then like two checks later, I thought, wait a minute, that wasn't right. And I brought it back. um, And it turned out that it was incorrect. Um, And that really scared. It was, it it could have been a really serious medication error and it really scared me. So I began to research more about the Eric, uh, the story around this little girl whose name was Emily Jerry. Um, and as I researched it, I found out that the pharmacist who made the error was in a similar situation as I was. He was being, um, it was a, the pharmacy computer system had been down. You know, it was like one of those perfect storms. He had a timeline. People were calling him. Where's my IV? Um, he, he went through the process. And a technician had run out of, defi- of normal saline, which is a diluent that they use for uh, IVs, and um, decided to make her own. Um, but she made it using concentrated sodium chloride, 23.4%, but didn't dilute it. Um, Eric didn't catch that error that, that the technician made. Um, and subsequently, that, that drug was administered to Emily, and Emily died as a result of that. 
Um, Eric ended up going to jail. Um, it, there's a whole story behind the, the scenario, but he ended up going to jail, serving hard time. Um, and I was aware of that and thought, you know, but for the grace of God, go I sort of thing. And I decided I really wanted to talk to him to understand his experience. So I knew that I knew that a fellow by the name of Mike Cohen, who's the president of the Institute of Safe Medication Practices, was a friend of mine. And I asked him if he could get a hold of Eric for me. And so long story short, I got a hold of Eric. Um, I invited Eric to come to Reading Hospital primarily to speak to my department. By then I was the operations manager. I was in charge of the of pharmacy operations. And I said, you know, could you come down and speak to my staff? Well, it turned out that when the hospital got wind of it, they actually opened the doors and he spoke to multiple disciplines. He actually made several presentations. And Eric's story was very compelling. Um, and so um, I learned from that, that, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it can be very harmful to the second victim of a medication error, which is the caregiver. Um, all of us that are in the profession got into the profession because we wanted to do good. The last thing we wanted to do is harm anybody. And it's devastating. And if you look at it, there are, there are, you know, there are reports in the literature of people doing, going as far as committing suicide when they've made a catastrophic medication error. So that put me on the path to say, you know, I, I really want to do something to help myself and the colleague, my colleagues um, prevent these errors from occurring. Right. Right. And then I know that, that it's, yeah, absolutely. I know that it's, um, you know, more complex than a quick answer, but can you give us the, the overview of how RX toolkit does that, how it protects both the patient and the caregiver? Well, I'll give you a little history of how we got started. As I mentioned, we, we began in 2004. We launched in June of 2004. Um, and we were basically a catalog of content of procedure manual, primarily, but um, some drug information, but how that drug was used. If you think about, you know, uh, uh, how a drug is used, it may be used in the neonatal intensive care completely different than how it's used in intensive care and completely different in how it's used on a cardiac unit uh, in terms of the parameters and you know, dosages and things like that. So we, we compiled that and segregated it into care settings. Um, and then in, um, and we, we actually won the Institute of Safe Medication Practices Cheers Award that year for um, innovations in medication safety. Because in 2004, the internet wasn't anything like it's, it is today. Um, and come 2005, um, and up until then, we were just basically a content provider. We, you know, we, we had search tools and the like. In 2005, the... Um, Joint Commission on Accreditation of Hospitals put out a standard that said that pediatric and NICU IVs had to be made, had to be standardized. Up until then, most practices used what's termed as the rule of sixes. The rule of sixes makes it very easy. And, you know, drugs are typically weight-based. So the rule of sixes makes it very easy for a clinician to prescribe and for a nurse to titrate. But that means every day, the pharmacy has to make a different concentration. So on one day, it's this much dopamine and D5W, and the next day, it's a little bit different because in these little infants and children, their weights change um, on a daily basis. And in a neonatal intensive care, as an example, it can change significantly in terms of a percentage of overall weight. So um, the hospital was faced with a dilemma, and they wanted to be able to standardize it. So the head of the uh, patient safety team came to me and said, is there anything you could think about doing that would help us? And we built an application that is still in use today, um, and this is 2005, to standardize 
the administration of neonatal intensive care so that the pharmacy always made the same the same, but we gave the clinician at the bedside the tools to be able to understand how to titrate it. So if you want one milligram per kilogram per minute, this is what you do. If you want two milligram per or two you know, microgram per kilogram per minute, this is what you do, that kind of thing. Um, that put us on the road of building apps. Um, you know, we we changed from a content provider to a resource tool. And over the years, we built, I believe, 22 different applications, not all clinical. Um, some are, you know, we're, we're non-clinical, but um, most of the, all of the neonatal intensive care products and pediatric products that are in the system that we built are still in use today at Reading Hospital. Um, and we have two saves. Um, one of our, a, a physician was woken up three o'clock in the morning, um, was asked to prescribe a infusion concentration for a baby, um, made a, an error, a, 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 you know, a multiple fold error. Um, the, the pharmacist who checked it, put it through RX Toolkit, RX Toolkit recognized the error. The pharmacist called the supervisor on call because it was like three o'clock in the morning and the supervisor on call confirmed it by logging into RX Toolkit and doing the same thing. And, you know, we, we prevented that error from happening or ever we reaching the patient. Um, and another instance, um, we provide, um, if you think about a crash cart, um, and a crash cart can have a significant number of drugs when you're dealing with an infant that might be, you know, less than one kilogram, um, you, 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 the dosing is, it has to be extremely precise. And we built an, a, a tool uh, where we took every drug in, in the entire crash cart and we allowed the user to put the patient's weight in. We actually we, you know, maintained the patient's weight. So every day, every time a new NICU baby is born, that document is, has to be, by policy, has to be presented and put on the chart so that if that baby does crash, all the doses are calculated, including right down to the milliliter, uh, you know, in terms of, of how many, what the, what the volume would be. Um, what had happened is that we used a kit to, for a drug called adenosine, and the kit was stocked incorrectly. And as a result, the, the NICU nurse, when presented with the dose that she was to be administered based on the sheet, looked at the kit and said, wait a minute, this kit, this concentration isn't the same as what this sheet says, and went and got another kit and administered the correct amount. So um, that's two that we know of. That's incredible. Um, so you you mentioned the Institute for Safe Medication Practices Cheers Award for Medication Safety. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, um, they still have that. Mike Cohen established this organization. It's based out of Philadelphia. Mike was the the uh, director of pharmacy at Temple University Hospital in, when I first met him, and it's a nationally recognized um, resource for medication safety practices um, and. They offer each year about three or four awards to, for in different categories, and um, the one that we won was for technological innovation towards medication safety. So John and I uh, went down to uh, Florida at the time and uh, received the award. It's sitting on my my shelf over here. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I understand that RX Toolkit recently became a We Infuse company. Um, I'm curious why you chose yep. to partner with WeInfuse. Well, I left Reading Hospital in 2017 with the intent of marketing RX Toolkit to hospitals. So we were in the process of doing that. And one day out of the blue, I got a call from this fellow named Brian Johnson. And he said, one of the things that we developed, one of those apps that we developed was a whole labeling system, repackaging system for hospitals. 
And he called me and said, you know, I've seen some of your labels online. I'd like to learn more about them. So that was in 2017. That was my introduction to the We Infuse folks. And I don't know, you sometimes meet people that you just feel like you you want to know better. And so over the years, we've, we've, you know, we've exchanged, you know, there were times when they would refer business to us or they would ask us questions. And, you know, we, we never really had a formal relationship um, in terms of, you know, a business relationship. Um, but, you know, we, we, we always knew, we always consulted one another. One of their nurses would often, um, when, when they worked, would, would call us and, you know, tell us, go talk to this company because they need some help. And so it introduced us to the infusion center market. And we started to grow in the infusion center market um, with a, a lot of it with, you know, seed referrals from, from the We Infuse folks. Um, and, um, you know, we got to meet them when we went to the uh, NICA convention, National or the um, National Infusion Center Association meeting in Austin in 2019, I guess, and um, just always felt really comfortable with them. Um, and then one day Reese called me up and said, you know what, <laughs> we think we might be able to do something together. So that was that. And it, it, my wife and I always said, if there were a company that we would ever want to partner with, it would have been them. So it, I didn't tell Reese that until after the negotiations, but it was just, it was some, they were, they were people that I wanted to work with because I felt that our philosophies about business were aligned. Our approach to customer satisfaction and customer service were aligned. Um, Our, our, our innovation to, to think out of the box and do things differently was aligned. And I learned those things about them, just interacting with them. And I thought, you know, this could be synergistic. So. It was, it was an easy decision on my part. The great stories that don't start with, I up and quit my job, do start with, I got a call from Brian or Reese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was fortunate enough to have both those things happen. Speaking of that, can yeah. you share it, some people? I was just going to say that I was okay. just down in Dallas. And um, the one thing that I do want to mention is that the, you know, you have, you have a perception of what things are going to be like. And then when you get there and you see it, it's better than I thought. The exuberance, the youthfulness, this, you know, I, I was just, I just had breakfast with a, with a neighbor of mine this morning. And I said, you know, I went down there and I saw some of the smartest, most innovative, creative people, compassionate. It just, it was very helpful to me to be around such a wonderful group of people. Totally agree. They get me fired up every time I talk to them. Yeah. They're, 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 and and um, our client success uh, person is a, Young lady by the name of Kiana Dietz, and boy, is she! I, I I couldn't have asked for a better person to represent the company. So I'm I'm very excited about what the future holds for all of us. Fantastic. So you mentioned a lot of names mm-hmm. along the way. Are there is there anybody else that's been instrumental on your journey that you want to tell us about? My dad. My dad was an immigrant. Sixth grade education came to this country um, without um, any knowing the language um, and just inspired me to, you know, that there's nothing you can't do if you're given the opportunity. And so you, you need to seize upon it. Um, my brother, my, my brother was 10 years older than me, um, was a, you never back down. So he was a very inspirational person to me. Um, I, I lost him, but I'm still very close to his children and my wife. Um, my wife, Deb, has just been a rock, you know, so. It's uh, those are the three most important people I think that have influenced me um, through my life up to this point. In terms of, you know, it, 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 you know, quitting your job is scary, but if you have somebody, you know, 
you, you, you got to be able to, to do what you got to do sometimes. So if it just feels right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And my last question for you, and it's twofold, is your last piece of advice. And I would say both to our listeners who are mainly owners and operators of infusion centers, but then secondarily, based on some of the stuff you've shared, any advice for clinicians out there, especially as you know they potentially are that second victim in the medication error. So advice to both our listeners and clinicians. You know, RX Toolkit is built around the drug. And to me, it's, it's, you got to know the drug and you got to know the drug and how it's used in your, in your, your clinical practice setting. Um, And don't assume anything. Um, And, and, you know, there's a reason why pilots have checklists, you know, if a a pilot's been taken off and, you know, up and down multiple times, they still do that checklist before they take off. And I think there's a reason for that. And, you know, don't, don't ever make the assumption that you you've got this without, you know, just refreshing yourself. Um, And the other thing is if, if, you know, learn from your mistakes, learn from the errors, learn from the near misses, don't submerge them, don't push them underground. Um, It's the only way people will learn best practices is to be able to, you know, learn from the, from the errors and constantly reevaluate your process. Um, and and include the people that are doing it. I've always believed that the people that are at that at the at, at the at the front end at the front front lines really have the best information in terms of how to get you know where the pitfalls are. Um, so th- those are the things that you know I uh, I've always tried to implement in my in my career. Well, Chuck, thank you for all that you've given back to medicine to caregivers to patients. And uh, thank you for being part of We Infuse and for bringing RX Toolkit to everyone. I'm excited. Really excited. I feel 20 years old again. What a great story. Chuck is not one to brag, but it's truly inspiring how he took the initiative to create a safer place, both for patients and clinicians in infusion centers, hospitals, and everywhere medications are administered. Well, if you haven't done so already, do yourself a favor and give the We Infuse software platform a test drive to see how it can save you time and money in your practice. And while you're at it, be sure to ask the We Infuse team about RX Toolkit. My name is Amanda Brummett, and we'll catch you in the next episode.